Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Sam Gilstrap. We are back and at it again for the next four, three days. We're going strong. Tonight, the Ghost Lights podcast is live from their, from their Ghost Lights studio in Golden, otherwise known as Miner's Alley Playhouse. Woo-wee. Woo! That awesome greeting is from our guest today, Elena Bethreel. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm, I'm pretty damn good. Nice. You're you're at the end of a of a long week, yes? Uh, every week, yeah. Every week. Yeah, a long sure. Week. Yeah. So um, thank you for meeting with me and of course being being as I guess spry and ready for a conversation at the end of a Sunday I'm spry. as you possibly I'm can be. Good. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the song that we open up with is "War" by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. It is awesome. Please download it on iTunes today. Tell them I sent you so they don't sue me. Awesome. Um, <laughs> otherwise, the Ghost Lights podcast is uh, we're rocking in full effect. Um, and with that being said, I've got my water. I've got a little Breckenridge whiskey, our unofficial sponsor for the day. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell Jonathan Scott McKean, but yeah. Don't tell Jonathan any of this happened. Yeah, he, he didn't know we were going to do this at all. So as long as he stays out of it, you know, keep your Henry and your, your dirty looks to yourself, John. I'm having a good time. That's right. That's right. <sighs> Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Yeah. Did you recycle today? I'm sure I did. Okay, I hope so. I recycle every day. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah don't, you don't want Captain Planet coming after you. No, I don't. No, mm-hmm. I love Earth Day. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite holidays. Nice. It nice. always feels like more like the beginning, like beginning of spring than the first day of spring mm. you know totally because it's starting to get warmer and there's all these like events and stuff around the yeah. it's really like cool. there's a lot going on today and i get to wear like a green dress and yes you, you were rocking the green dress thank you no thank problem you. you got the headband going on i know just yeah. bright colors all mm-hmm. day today i uh yeah i was telling um i told kenzie earlier and john whitbrook that always for earth day i've wanted to have a party mm-hmm. like in my backyard and everyone just brings like a white sheet over mm-hmm. like a bed sheet an old bed sheet lay them all on the ground all around the yard and then just have like buckets of paint that you can like dip your feet into and then just have a crazy dance party oh, on wow. all the sheets and then um at the end of the day you get to like take your sheet home and it'll be like a mural that's kind of cool. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. We need to plan this. I think you need to make it happen. I will. Yeah. I will. Don't forget to invite me. Okay. I have okay. a good yard for it, so. Fantastic. Okay. That's I'll put cool. that in the works. I'm excited. Um, can we just can we just do it tomorrow? <laughs> Too much to do tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. Then fine. That's fine. No worries. So whatever. It's like, what do you have? What do you even have going on tomorrow? What do I even have going on tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to memorize um, a play I'm in. I okay. have to study for a callback. Yeah. Um, and and I have to rehearse monologue auditions. I like that. Yeah. There we go. That's what's going on tomorrow. What um what are the, what's the piece you have to prepare for that you're in? Um, I am in a play, uh, a trapeze play, called Orlando. Um, it is an adaptation of Virginia Woolf's novel Orlando, and uh, Sarah Rule wrote an adaptation of it. And I have not, um, I've not read Virginia Woolf's novel yet, so I know I'm really kind of bad about it. Oh, don't worry about it. But um, it, I did watch. There was a movie mm-hmm. of 
Orlando under the same title that Tola Swinton was in in the early 90s. Um, and her and her partner created it. So I did watch that just to get like a sense of what stories being told, like how much Sarah Rule was interpreting and how much um, they interpreted when they did it. But basically the story is Orlando is uh, when the story begins is a 16 year old boy, mm. um, fairly rich, um, living in the um, English countryside. And the queen comes and kind of falls in love with Orlando and takes him to court and he becomes a nobleman and uh, gives him, uh, they give him, she gives him lands and uh, yeah, houses and all this stuff. And then Orlando starts to, and he, he's her lover as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's like 16, so he's kind of got a little wandering eye going on, you know what I mean? He's with, this, he's with this old lady. And so this Russian princess comes, and he's like, oh, damn, that girl's amazing. And um, falls in love with her. And it just goes throughout Orlando's life, but Orlando, in the play, and in the movie, coincidentally, but especially in this play, I reference to. Mm. Um, Orlando is played by a woman. Orlando is played by a woman in the first act and in the second act. For you see Orlando after all of these, uh, he's just going on with his life, living his life, mm. and big events, small events. And he ends up in Constantinople. And at one point, he goes to sleep for seven days, and he wakes up, and he's a woman. Yeah. And Orlando lives the rest of her life as a woman. Um, the story uh, covers about 500 years. It paces over 500 years. Mm. Orlando only ages from the age of 16 to the age of 36. And so it's a little fantastical. There's some fa fantastical elements to it. At one point, the whole world is frozen over. They call it the Great Frost. Mm. And, I remember that um, scene, too, in the movie. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene. Like frozen porpoises yeah. and um, frozen like country people mm -hmm. just like off like ready to like throw stones and stuff. So it's this beautiful play. I love this play so much. And um, even more rad is that we're going to do it on trapezes. Yeah. yeah. How are we doing this? Explain the logistics to a, a fat man who should always stay on the ground. <laughs> okay. So... Um, <laughs> There is a trapeze studio um, at the at the Denver Center mm. um, in the Newman Building, and it's there because when NTC was up and running, Robert Davidson, Bob Davidson, was the movement um, teacher mm. of NTC, and he was into trapeze and the art of release, the art of releasing, okay. um, which is a style of like meditative movement that just releases your body. So you are, you've got head strings, head strings pulling your head up, you've got strings pulling your arms out. So however you move, you look really beautiful. Mm. Um, it's also just great for your body. And I'm not an expert in this, but I did take a few classes from Bob after the um, NTC um, went away. Mm. Um, Bob died in the uh, early 2017, I believe, or late 2016. And 
um, he was just an amazing trapeze artist. Now, Stephen Cole Hughes took over the classes that he was teaching. So, and, and Stephen Cole Hughes is a graduate of the MTC and is a great trapeze artist as well. Mm -hmm. So there are these low-flying apparatuses, basically, to get, um, I'll tell you about the technical side. So they hang down in like a, like a triangle shape, mm -hmm. yes, um, and it's a wooden bar, and it has two elbows on it, so it's these padded um, kind of nubs on the sides. And they, they range anywhere from like three to four, five feet high, somewhere in your like mid-torso region mm -hmm. is where you want your trapeze um and this kind of trapeze is not like high flying trapeze if that's like what you're thinking yeah. of it's not you're it's not, not doing like flips 20 feet off the ground mm, no oh. no it's not like circus okay this kind of low flying trapeze in the art of releasing is definitely um more dance than sport wow. okay if that makes sense no it does yeah so we're doing this as a part of a uh, master class, a master trapeze class um, within the Denver Center Education Program. Mm -hmm. And Curtis had had this script. He hadn't read it. He just, like, had it. And I was looking for monologues last year, and he was like, oh, I'll read this. Maybe there's something in there I haven't read it yet. Mm -hmm. I read it, and I was like, yo, have you read this play? This play is so good. And Curtis read it, and he was like, how awesome would this play be in the air? And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we took it to Steven, and he had, you know, agreed to do it. So, um, yeah, so we have this amazing group, um, super talented individuals. Um, this is like the master class at the DCPA education, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. I know some of the, I've taken classes with some of the people in there, and they're all some of them are really bright, not including you and Curtis Johns. Not including us, we're not very bright. Well, no, I'm saying you're already there. But <laughs> there the, outside bright. of you two amazing, talented people, <laughs> there are other amazingly talented people involved in the production. Who like, that's that's really cool, and they've been learning there for a long time. I'm glad that the Denver Center does the master class thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. And we've gotten some like new blood in there too. We've mm -hmm. um, we've this. Uh, girl named Jasmine. Jasmine, I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't know your last name. Um, she's a, like a, you know, she's a gymnast. She's an Olympi Olympian trained gymnast. So wow. she's just, she's so strong and she'd never been on a trapeze before, but she just, you know, took to it like water. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so, it's, so it's, it's just really beautiful. Um, yeah, but the play is super gender bendery and, you know, Curtis is playing the queen and, um, yeah, in this like huge, you know, he's gonna have like a big bustle and oh my God. huge skirt, and we're trying to put you know corsets on and and these skirts and 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 to try to do this transformation from you know man from from male to female in the middle of this and like what does that require for us artistically? How how can we tell that story in the air? And um, these are some fun challenges that we've no. been addressing, and but the. This is really cool. So when we first sat down and did a read-through, Stephen was like, okay, y'all, listen up. Like, you have to, if we're going to tell a story in the air, 
it's not just for the sake of doing it because it's fun or because it's spectacle yeah. or Yeah, like, why are we on the trapezes? Like, mm-hmm. what are the trapezes within the story? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're on the trapezes all the time. We have, a, we have plenty of scenes on the ground, mm-hmm. on the floor, doing other movement things. Um, so what is it about the trapeze? And the trapezes, we decided, are part of the journey of um, each of the characters. The journey and also kind of um, happiness, mm-hmm. especially for... I'm playing Orlando, so the when is Orlando happy and when are they striving for something else when are you know it, it it spans all this time and it's like it's such a story of life and I know that sounds super broad but it's like it's like the first time you fall in love and then the second time you fall in love mm-hmm. and then is that really what's going to make you happy or is it something else is it about art mm. is your art going to make you happy so it it feels like this meditation on um on a on a life's journey and like yeah. like of a seeker, you know, one who is seeking to live their their Seek, happiest life. Yeah, yeah like what the, are they? What to are be they? their best self. To be their best selves, yeah. To discovering who they are, mm. and we all we all do that. We learn things about ourselves totally. every day. Yeah, well, every if, year. Uh, if we didn't, like, if we figured it all out before we. Before we started taking our first steps, what would be the point? I know. I know, but it's great. And it's great to watch it because Mm -hmm. sometimes we, I don't know, sometimes I think we forget that we are on this, like, that things will continue to change. Like, you can read all of the inspirational posters and quotes or whatever you want, but, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm 34. How is this, like... Like, things have changed. My priorities have shifted. Like, it's good to take... That may sound really obvious, but it's, like, good to take inventory of it. Totally. Like, I have a different relationship with myself than I did when I was, you know, 30, when I was 25, when I was 20. Absolutely. I mean, life life is... If life is anything, it is a... It's a constant change. It's always evolving. And if you're self-aware... You're able to adjust on the fly, maybe yeah. a little more comfortable with the change. Understand that there are certain truths that stay consistent with me, but then everything else around it kind of is fluid. Yeah. And what are those things, you know, that are mm-hmm. consistent? And then what do you do when one day that is not there for you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that can have a shift too. Absolutely. Um, so this part, I don't know, this part just really means a lot to me Mm -hmm. that it is, that I get to tell the story, tell someone else's life journey, but it's also like letting me in on like a few secrets about myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased to. Be exploring it. Can I ask what you what secrets you've learned about yourself? They're, they're secrets, so keep them. Sorry. No, I think. Um, you can just whisper them over the mic. We won't hear it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, get out of here! No, I told you that bitch was crazy. <laughs> um, 
Well, this is a this is a a topic that Curtis and I have been talking about, but in the in the spirit of like inclusiveness and um, you know having roles that are more gender fluid, mm-hmm. I think is important. Um, this particular role is specified in the you know in in Sarah Rule's notes to be played by a woman or someone who identifies as a woman. Yeah. Um, for for the for the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the you know you're playing both genders. But I really there was something um, I do, I don't identify I I identify as a woman mm-hmm. I don't identify as trans or, or non-binary, but um, they're playing that boy, you know, playing that 16-year-old boy, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember, I definitely feel that, like, masculine energy. Like, I always kind of had a lot of that when I was a kid anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that I was a boy until I was, like, 10, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was like, Oh, I have boobs. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. cool. This is great. This feels right, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's just an interest. It's interesting to go through that process and be like, oh, I have all of those elements in me, the masculine and the feminine, and and to be able to, like, let those out a little bit more, you know, like, compared to, like, the show I'm doing now, which is, like, highly, like, all the characters are highly feminine in one way or another. They're mm-hmm. all femme fatales in 39 Steps. Yeah. No matter how you dice it, but um, so I've gotten to like just investigate some of the like some more strength mm-hmm. within me um, for this role, and and then there's some great lines, just like gems of lines. Like they say, you know, like Orlando's a woman now; she's the exact same person. She's just a woman now, mm-hmm. and then we kind of like move on. You know, and it's like, it's not really like that big of a whoop. It's just like how it is. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Like, I feel all of that. And because like the person doesn't change depending on your, like how you're feeling in that arena. But also it's like, (laughs) Sarah rules like, well, it's just, you know, it's your clothes. You know, the clothes have a lot to do with who you, <laughs> how you identify, and like what gender you identify Absolutely. with. And so, once Orlando gets into these, you know, dresses and all these things, it's mm. like, oh, well, all right, okay. Mm. This is how the world's going to see me now. Wow. And so, I think it's, I think it's a very timely piece, but then I think it's also kind of timeless. Well, yeah. I would agree with you. I, re- I remember I had to stay up to watch it, and my girlfriend at the time was fast asleep but insisted I sit and watch it. And it's just those... The way in which the story was presented for this for this person, Orlando, this, they never lost their, their quality of self. Like, it, it just... The, right. Who they were, or I guess, who they identified as, what they identified themselves as. Is the only shift, but the only main shift. Everything else, I mean, is more emotional. But they still, at the crux, were a quality person. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just 
going through life, experiencing both sides of the coin, the coin. so to speak. Yeah. yeah, totally. How clearly 39 Steps here at Minus Alley is different than Orlando. First of all, it is. there's no trapeze. There's no trapeze. There's nay a trapeze in sight. Secondly, only John Whitbrook is the one doing the gender bending. Correct? Is or that I, true? I think he is. That's true. John is the only one. And can you blame him? Look at those hips. I mean, look at them. They're fantastic hips. <laughs> yes. What's it, what's it been like being in the rehearsal process for something like Orlando, and then on the weekends performing this high-energy, farcical thing? Like Just as an actress going through the doing your job. Sure. What's the grind been like? Has it been a grind? I think, I, I'm going to say no. I don't think it's a grind. Like, I can say, you know, I can say, oh, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like tired on a Saturday and I'm going to go fly for three hours and then I'm going to come and, or rehearse. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm going to come do a show. Don't. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but it's really like not that bad. And it's been, um, because 39's been open for a while, mm-hmm. it hasn't, um, it hasn't been too... It's not like taxing on me. Like it's in there. Yeah. I come and I warm it up and like, you know, I can I can step back into that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the the kind of carryover, which is interesting, are two things. Um, one, the physicality of Orlando has been a great reminder for me, just storytelling wise, mm-hmm. um, into thirty nine. Like, just posture-wise and ah. just, like, feeling better in my body, feeling more in my body, feeling more grounded. So that's giving me a little more space in 39, nice. which is cool. And then also, Orlando happens to be another hilarious comedy, and we are doing a ton of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely, like, some some overlap, um, you know, ideas. Like, <laughs> and Steve, Stephen Cole Hughes has done 39 Steps, like, a bunch, mm-hmm. I think. I think he said he directed it once and and was played Hannah once. And um, and so we'll be, like, doing a bit, and he's like, yeah, then do, like, three takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just look at each other, and we're like, we're doing 39 Steps, aren't we? We're doing 39 Steps. Yeah. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit of a good, uh, Sometimes a good bit's a good bit. Can we get a spit take into Orlando? Can we orchestrate that? I don't have a spit take in... Do I have a spit take in 39? No, I'm just saying. Like, it's just farcical. I mean, can we throw one in there? Sure. Okay. Fantastic. Maybe maybe not a spit take, but maybe, like, we just drink a lot of booze in one shot. You do that at least three times. In Orlando? In 39 Steps. What show are we talking about again? I don't know. I, all right, all right. I so, get confused. No, totally. So am I. I'm just gonna put the the bourbon over here. Mm-hmm. All right, and, we'll, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dial it back a notch. <laughs> Thank goodness for this full bottle of water. A liter a day keeps the doctor away. Mmm. Mmm. I think it's three liters. Oh fuck. <laughs> no, never mind. You can I'm, take a pee break. It's okay. No, I don't need a pee break. That's what the cup's for. Oh. Yeah. I mean, this time. So, Elena, yes, now yes. we're going to get into the, the, to the brass tacks of what the Ghost Lights podcast is. Okay. Acting. Acting. Theater. Theater. How'd you get turned on to it? What happened? Um, I... Take me on a journey! Sorry. Once upon a time. 
There was a little girl named Lainey. Lainey. Yeah, she was quite a little tomboy. Mm. And after she finished fifth grade, she wasn't feeling very close to some of her friends mm. that she had grown up with. She knew she was going into junior high, and she was kind of scared about it. So her mom was like, yo, you want to take these singing and dancing pre-classes for the musical at the community theater. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I did it. I loved it. And she was like, okay, great. Do you want to audition for the play? And I was like, yeah. And I don't think I'd ever really done, like we didn't really do plays in school or anything mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, so I was, uh, I was, I was one of the lollipop guild munchkins and then that was, that was kind of it. <laughs> just you were hooked ever since. I then. really was. Yeah, that was that was it. What pulled I you just in? Never went back. Was the it costumes? was just so fun. <laughs> like it was just like, how, why are we allowed to do this? Like, and there were so many kids that were my age because we were all munchkins, you know. Mm -hmm. It was just like a great way to spend the day. It was like school, but so much better because you didn't have homework and you just got to go on stage and do stuff. And they would, you'd stay there for you know, mm -hmm. four hours or whatever. Yeah. It was great. That is a great time. And the costumes were awesome. And mm -hmm. I met people, like, during that show that I'm, you know, that I acted with all through my youth. But I'm still friends with now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So. Where where were you at the time? In Waterloo, Iowa. Waterloo. Waterloo, Iowa. You have to say it right, though. Uh, how, Waterloo. Waterloo? Yeah. Okay. Waterloo. Waterloo. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm never going to say it again because I'm afraid I'm saying it wrong. That's fine. Yeah. Right. You can call it the Lou. All right. The Lou? Cool. Oh, hell yeah. to the yeah. yeah. That's, I, I, that's that's way my speed. Yeah. Like, you go to the Lou for the summer? <laughs> go see some fan back in the Lou? Back in the Lou. Holla at your boy. Back to the Lou. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then I just never, I couldn't ever um, stop. I didn't really want to. That's, so. Well, I, I think I can speak for the vast majority of Colorado and say thank you for not stopping. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. So what? How does it? How's it grown? So you were really excited about it. You didn't want to stop. Why didn't you want to stop? When you're out there on stage, are you? Is it something that you're discovering that that you loved about being in rehearsals, playing the games? I think it was the community. To be mm. honest, it was very clear to me. That like, oh, these are my people. Mm. Like from like the first time. I think it's always been community, and I always know that I can find my kind of weirdos mm. in the theater. There are other places as well, but like, you're ever in a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can yeah. find them. When in doubt. When in doubt. Go seek out the theater. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that was really that really kind of was it. I never really thought about it, but yeah, in the costumes and being being funny and mm -hmm. having funny voices and stuff and being on stage and yeah, nice. Mm. So great. Do, so you're when you're in with the the community that it's created these people. What are what are the things that separate this community in terms of not Denver specifically, but just a community of actors then you wouldn't find out there in the real world working your nine to five. What separates us in your opinion? Um, I think to be in theater and to kind of 
like those. I mean, th- there's people who dabble, right? Yeah. But like, if you're a theater person, I guess, quote unquote, or if you're if you if you if you identify as an actor, if you mm-hmm. identify as a theater person, that's right. Then I'm non-binary when it comes to theater. Yeah. No, I mean, what does bad, that mean? That was a bad joke. <laughs> that's what that was. It was a bad joke. Yeah. Uh, but if you are if you are identifying as a theater person, then <laughs> it. That that says to me that you're, you know, you've you've made a choice to, you've made a choice to tell stories for a living, or for maybe not a living, but to 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 make this like an important part of your life, and I don't know what that is. Like I like a lot of energy. I like a lot of I like people that you know are energetic and and want to want to create something and want to create something live mm. like not everybody does that no. you know you say that to people and they're like oh no I would never I could never mm-hmm. and then or like yeah I, I'd try that I'd try that mm. it's like okay cool let's yeah. see like, yeah. what's can we get a space let's make this work yeah I mean I don't what else is it about the community people are usually very open and accepting mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot of love and there's a lot of collaboration. I love a good team. I'm, I feel good on a team. Yeah. Feeling like I'm um, contributing and also, you know, like the the sum is greater than mm-hmm. the... What's that phrase? Sum is greater than the whole? No. No. The, Wait. Then the sum of its parts. It's yes. Whatever that Wait. phrase is. Um... Yeah. You're greater than the sum of your parts. Yeah. So it's like you're here and I'm here and Curtis is over here and Kenzie's over here, whatever. But if we all get together, like we can make something mm-hmm. that's better than all of us. Yeah. You know? And that it just takes it just takes so many, you know, working parts and there's so many there's so many moving parts mm-hmm. and there's so many people like having a hand in this, a hand in that, a hand in that, and then all of a sudden you've got this thing mm-hmm. that you know you all created together i think that's dope that's really cool yeah now because it doesn't happen it doesn't feel like it happens all that often and, and and it's one of those things like me being a sports guy that i've seen is the difference is that we we applaud the individual effort the the guy or person that puts the team on his back and gets the victory yeah as opposed to the the team uniting around the common goal. We spend a lot of time, like when those two, when those teams show up, talking about how that's the way the game is supposed to be played. But we only did that for about two weeks while the championship was being decided. And then the rest of the time, we're talking about, oh, um, LeBron or oh, Brandy Chastain, like so on yeah. and so forth. Like they're so great. Serena Williams. Well, t- tennis is an individualized sport. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a bad example. <laughs> I am, I am drawing blanks today. You're killing it. I am dominating. Um, Sam Gilstrap, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we do that We do that in theater, though, too, right? You go see a show, and you're like, holy shit, like, that person was so rad. Yeah, yeah. And they are, and, like, everyone should have, like, their, you know. Totally. Their due. But, um, but you've got, like, props, and you've got set, and you've got design, and you've got the theater the 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 building itself or mm-hmm. or not the building itself or the audience the audience like yeah yeah I love a good team mm-hmm. nice yeah. what 
what are some of the things that have you encountered anything that is lacking in the team? Not in terms of the shows you're working on now, but like, what are some of the things that have like interrupted the creation of a of a piece? Interrupted the creation of a piece. Um. Or at least made it a little more tenuous, a little more difficult to get to. I mean, there's always punches you gotta roll with. Mm -hmm. You know, there's. I don't, I don't know. I guess just thinking, you know, like, if, if I want to put up a, if I want to write something, say, and mm -hmm. put it up, I'm going to be the first thing that gets in my way. Yeah. Just writing. There you go. You know? Mm -hmm. um, like, getting that out, uh, judging it, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, rewriting it, and then, you know, you got to go through those go through those channels, find, you know, find someone to read your work, find someone to, who wants to be a part of your work, not, you know, and then how much do you, like, relinquish? Mm -hmm. Like, if you have a piece that you're like, I wrote this, I'm, I feel really good about it, I want to direct it, and then someone's like, no, I'm going to direct it, I'm taking, you know, I'm yeah. taking it away from you, I think, I don't know, that could be, that could be hard. Yeah. Um, what? Say that again. Okay. What? What have been some of the impediments to a collaborative process to getting it going? Like money. Money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh yeah. That's that's the case for all theater. All theater. Should I really take this show? How much are they paying? Five hundred a week? No, at the end of the run, I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Peace. I'll make that in a night at a bartending show. Yeah. If I'm like. I don't know. I think I feel I feel pretty lucky with all of the mm -hmm. productions that have gone down. I mean, uh, I haven't not opened a show yet. That's good. So I guess nothing. Okay. <laughs> nothing that's not insurmountable. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I was speaking in terms of like a generality, like in your opinion, like things that have could rear its head and become a problem. So that's. Oh, I don't know. Attitudes, I guess, mm -hmm. would you know. Like, if anybody doesn't want to buy into the teamwork mm -hmm. aspect of it, that's definitely going to, like, hold people back. Totally. But I haven't really encountered that very often, that's which good. I feel really lucky about. Definitely. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite experiences in that collaborative process? Like, shows or moments? Sure. Um, I think... I think Orlando's definitely going to be one of them, like, just as the piece itself, mm -hmm. because we're... We're figuring out so much together um, of when we're flying, when we're not, what kind of movement we're doing, how to maneuver this image that we want to make. Um, so that's going to go down as something very cool yeah. in my book for a long time. Um, I like I like this. I like Thirty Nine Steps a lot too. There's some great scenes in there that like just could not be done like without really great like ensemble work mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that like makes me want to i just want to do it again mm. i just like i've already like looked for other theaters like doing 39 steps and mm. like ah where, where else are we doing this across the country can i send a tape in um because and also because i think it'd be cool to see it you know like get another director's take on it i love josh's take on it i love all of our elements here but like what What's another way to do it? Absolutely. You know? Um, 
collaborative process? Um, well, the other, I guess what just came to mind, which is a moment I really like, uh, I also wrote and directed Little Red Riding Hood, which is um, part of the Miners Alley Children's Theater, mm -hmm. so it's playing on Saturdays. And um, while I was directing it, I was like, I was encouraging my cast to, you know, be, be collaborative and be like, you know what, like, these are some of my ideas, like, take them and run with them. And um, Peter, who plays my uh, Mr. Wolf, mm -hmm. is like, oh, I kind of, kind of feeling like a, a song here. Like when he's like meeting Little Red in the woods and he's he's being very charming and mm -hmm. very um, sly, but she doesn't quite pick up on it. She's kind of, you know, she's falling into his trap just as he planned. Mm -hmm. um, and so he gets this beautiful guitar out and just plays this very short, you know, 45 second song. But he just like came up with it like overnight. He was like, oh, I just took some of your words because it was a monologue. Mm -hmm. And he just took some of those words and then like peppered in a few like phrases here and there. And like he had a song and it had this really cool kind of gypsy Eastern European feel to it. Yeah. And so he came back with that song and I was like, that is so perfect. And it dictated like his costume. It dictated um, other wolf music that we had underscoring, you know, pre-recorded music. Yeah. So. And all of a sudden, like, that's who that wolf is. Like, I had no idea. I knew he was like. Yoga in the house. It's yoga in the house. That's right. Don't worry about it. They don't know. So just go over there and, like, slam the door really hard. This is going to be great. Dirty looks. This is live, people. We do it best every Sunday. The Ghost Lights Podcast. Are we done? Do we, do we throw them out? Nice. Uh, Don't worry about it. We're getting some coffee. We're chilling. Cholula? Cholula and coffee? Ooh, Cholula and coffee? No, I said we're chilling in. We're getting I some know. coffee and we're chilling. No, it was a suggestion. Oh. Is that weird? It's not weird. Do you want to put some Cholula? I can get some Cholula from the There's fridge. There's some right there. I just, I d I'm off the dairy, so I'm like, what can I put in this? What can you put in there? I don't know. Not really anything. No. Um, I have some stuff at home, but not here. Yeah. Almond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, is there, is there any, is there any dairy and whiskey? No alcohol. Oh, Sam, Sam. on the wagon. Sam, on the wagon. Sorry, I am, <laughs> I am not helping you at all. Yes, you are. How, how about some crack? Great. Yeah, yeah I'll sprinkle that. That's right good. In. That's good. That'd be great with your coffee. It'll wake you right up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Might not even, might not ever let you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of hug you want. A nice, tight, warm hug. From crack. Yeah, the type of never ends. Yeah, from yeah. the inside. Mm -hmm, from the inside out. It's like my friend Melissa who wears her inside sweater. She has an inside sweater? Yeah, it's called whiskey. Ah. Put that sweater on from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Where were we? Where were we talking about again? We're yoga people. Get yoga out of here, people yoga people. And, yeah, and, and Little Red and how Peter's now a, yeah, is a gypsy. The wolf is now a gypsy punk artist. <laughs> <laughs> But it's great, and I loved that. And I was like, yes, exactly. Like, that makes so much sense to me. You know, and I, I just like that the stories can evolve. This is my, this was my first time directing 
adults, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked it, and I'm looking forward to doing it more. Um, Are you directing any more of the, uh, the kids' programming this year? I don't have anything on the docket yet. Um, so, but Curtis bought me a book of, um, Grimm's, Grimm's fairy tales. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you can just adapt any of these that you want. And oh. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I, I, I like the, I don't mind the idea of the recreations, you know, it's Sleeping Beauty and, mm-hmm. um, the, and like Little Red Riding Hood. These are popular popular things for children's theater. I don't mind them um, if they're retold in a way that is a little more interesting. Like the story base is there. Mm -hmm. I understand that the, you know, the, there's no rights to them. You take it and you run with it. Um, But I like the idea of taking these stories and, and giving them a modern spin so that we have, you know, we have strong female characters. We have, um, not always this prince that comes to save this woman, mm. which is like the general story of, you know, all It's pretty much all stories throughout time. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, nah, dog. Like, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. Like, take it. Like, things are funny. Like, seven, you know, seven dwarves, like Snow White and seven dwarves. That's, you know, that's interesting. That's a funny totally. fairy tale. But like, switch it up a little. Mm-hmm. What else can they'd be doing rather than well, they could be running grumpy. like a like a, they could be running a bathhouse <laughs> could be running a bathhouse yeah is that for the evening show absolutely Can, we need to make that happen snow white and the seven dwarves at the bathhouse at the bathhouse yeah yeah most of them are are primed and ready for an evening show yeah little well, red is certainly ready for an evening you show. could totally there's so many things like that can make it We'll say a little more adult. Because when you were talking interesting, that's what I heard. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, a little more blue. <laughs> <laughs> All of those things. The, yeah, Little Red could be an evening show in no time. And I think I'm going to start, I'm going to start writing these kids shows so that I have a, a children's version and then I have an evening version and I'm going to make a, a book of all of them. So it's like, you know how it's like all nice on the front, and mm-hmm. then da 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 da, and then you flip the book over, and it's like, Rawr. oh man, those and then are the it's best. Like all dark and sexy on the other side. <laughs> I don't know who can buy these. Like they're obviously not for children, but like the plays are for children. But you you can sell these anywhere. We we get a studio apartment and put them on. Like we could. We could. Like I'm sure there's something available here in Golden. We'll do it Miner's Alley after dark. The Miner's Alley After Dark. We're talking about it. We're talking about you it. you got to make it happen. Live drinks just sold to you in a jug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pass it. Mm-hmm. Take a shot. Pass it around. Pass it around. Mm-hmm. It's basically fireball and water, but, you know, we had to, we had to, we had to keep it last. The Gillstrap Special. The Gillstrap Special. By the way, $2 shots of fireball whenever your boy's <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> we, we've had the same bottle here for five years. <laughs> Trying to get rid of that shit. Man, yeah. taking up space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuable space. I can put some valuable peach juice space. back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want that nasty thing in there anymore. Nah. No. Mm-mm. Get it gone. Get it gone. Yeah. When, when you started this, did you want to get into directing? Like when you started acting, like how did that evolve? 
Like on this, on the on the level just alone of working on a kids show as being an actress in a kids show, that makes sense for me. It's a, for me as an actor now. That seems like a logical thing. Like, oh, you want to make acting your thing? Probably got to get in some children's theater so you're doing something during the day. Yeah, yeah. Did did that where? Oh, I had so much fun doing this show. I would love to be involved in the future. Oh, you need a director for this one? Great. Or do you like the idea of directing, say, another main stage show? Oh, I would love to. I, I guess the evolution... My evolution's been a little... Um, <laughs> turbulent, I guess. Yeah. But because I was just an actor for a, a long time. And mm. I was like, nope, that's all I want to do. Bop, mm. bop, bop. And I was like... You know, 17, whatever. And I was like, nope, going to go to college for this. Nope, don't want to direct. Nope, blah, blah, blah. And it took me a while and some experiences to be like, oh, wait. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've always done children's theater. Uh-huh. I've done children's theater since I was a child. I was doing children's theater yeah. for families with adult actors and child actors um, together mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Um and when I got out of college, yeah, I was taking children's theater, like, tours because that was a job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great, I can do this. It's my job. And then um, I think I, like, assistant stage managed once or twice um, when I was in my, like, mid-20s. And I was like, ah, not for me. I miss being on stage. Um, and then I moved to Denver and was performing here and I was in bands and I was up uh, an edutainer as we call it at mm. the Denver Museum of Nature and Science for a few years and then um, I moved to Thailand and started teaching and that was my first time with a lot of kids mm. a lot of kids at once and um, I taught like a maybe like a couple workshops like here and there like before that, like I'd never been with like a group of kids, and they were you very teaching young. Theater in Thailand? No, I was oh. teaching kindergarten. I was just teaching. Oh wow! I was a kindergarten okay. teacher. And then, um, yeah, and then I moved back after nearly two years abroad, and got into the children's theater at Miners, and. So I was performing in these shows. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, great. Like, let's do the thing. And, um, But then I started teaching as well. And I found that I really love this, like, middle school age range. Mm-hmm. Or, like, 10 to 14, really. It's a really good sweet spot for me to teach theater. They're, they're very, like, they know all the rules hmm. <laughs> of life you know what I mean like they're not you don't have to tell them to keep their hands out of the pants no I have not had to say that oh man really nice yeah I bet it is and they've been for whatever it's worth or however horrible this is but they've been you know they're they're in the system now yeah they've been to school for the last they're indoctrinated eight nine years of their lives yes they're indoctrinated they know how to sit still they you know but they're also they're so cool and they want to learn and um and so I realized that I was like, oh, I'm directing them. And then, yeah, and then I had mentioned to Rory, probably after, like, a few glasses of wine after a show one night, like, hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, if you ever want me to write one of the kids' shows, I will do it. 
And then a few weeks later, he called me. He's like, I don't know if you were serious, but uh, <laughs> do you want to write the next kid show? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you get to direct it, too. And I was like, great. So I was super into it. Nice. Um, and now I'm like, ooh, I did that. Now I want more. Mm. Now I want more. And I want, like, some more time to do it. You know, some time. more. Like, I know now. Well, every time you do something brand new, you're like, well, okay, we got to get one out. Yeah. And then how Put do we it drive? together how as do quickly we learn? as possible and see what sticks. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that learning, that learning curve is always, like, when you're trying something brand new. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be perfect the first time I do it. Well, of course. But it's not. No. You know? No. So... I gotta like keep working on it. That being said, I love I love Little Red. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I think the actors are doing a great job. How many more weekends is it run? Just next weekend. Just next weekend. Yeah, we close thirty nine and <clears throat> excuse me and Little Red next nice. week. Nice. Get those yep. tickets, fam. Get them ticks. Get them. You can find them at minersalley.com. You can use my name. You can for a for a decount. Sure. Oh, do it. Yeah. Pimp it. Now. Pimp it. Just uh, call Miners Alley. You can tell them uh, you heard Elena Beth Real on Ghost Lights podcast Woo! and get you a $15 ticket to 39 Steps. And we'll get you a dollar off your little red tickets. Heck yeah. And if I'm bartending, no, you don't have to pay for drinks. They didn't hear that last part. <laughs> They didn't hear that last part. Yeah. That's how, you, that's how we get you. We get you on the comeback. We do. <laughs> we do. Um, and also, Orlando, mm-hmm. in case you would like to know, is first come, first serve, May 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Newman Center, third floor, uh, studio 11. I always forget if it's 11 or 12. Nice. It's up there. You'll see it. But... It's gonna be, it's gonna be tight. So get in. Yeah, Quick. get in. Come early. Make sure you have start? it on your tap calendar. Um, I don't know yet. Okay. But check the check the education website for definitely info. It's it sounds like it'd be it just in terms of what's happening in theater, and maybe it's because they have the space and they've always had the the ability to do that kind of fly work in-house, it's it's still going to be unlike a lot of pieces of theater you're going to see. And it's such a unique way of telling that unique story. I know. And I don't, I've never seen a trapeze play. Yeah. I mean, like, Stephen Cole Hughes has a, has a company, company, and using, I mean, the company <laughs> still exists, but the members don't live all together in New York anymore, so they're not doing mm-hmm. plays. But, um, yeah, there's circus art, and there's theater, and we haven't, like, there's Cirque du Soleil, right? Mm, Which is, like, yeah. kind of these vignettes or these, you know, small stories. Um, but this is a scripted play. We're taking it and we're, you know, adding a bunch of movement to it to tell this story. But we're staying grounded in this story. Yeah. Um, and I think it's super beautiful. And I, I hope, I really hope it's not the last. I really hope that there are many more trapeze plays to come. That'd be great. Yeah. Have you already started looking at plays? Like, oh, this one. I have not, okay. but I now I will. <laughs> like, how do I get this in the air? Yeah. But it's such a... To be an actor, I think, to, to be a 
to be a great actor, you want control of your body. You want you want to be able to tell stories with every you know every piece of you. And trapeze for me puts me so much in my body that, and it like keeps you fit and keeps you strong too. And I know I always perform better when I'm in a you know when I'm in a a, a fit like if I'm working out or if I'm you know. The stronger I am, like, the better my performance, it seems. Or the better it feels, anyway. Totally. Yeah. No. Like, for Moors, when we did Moors and we were doing, like, our workouts and stuff, like, every day. Like, I loved that. Oh, I was like, yeah, like, incorporate it into the process because I felt so strong. Mm -hmm. Like, playing a strong character. Definitely. Oh, and for me, too. I mean, we were doing so much Pilates that my posture improved that made me playing a woman in a dress... So much more easier. I moved more fluidly. And it wasn't just a put-on. Like, it wasn't something... Like, I could just... Oh, we did that stretch that elongated my spine, and there it all is. Right, there's my neck, yeah. and here's my breasts, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were fantastic. They were, they were really nice. Spectacular. I put them on you every day. Yes, you did. Thank you for you doing that, by the way. You're it's, it's not easy dressing me in my it dress. It was very easy. Okay. It was a very easy change. Good. <laughs> so... Before we before we disembark, we always ask this closing question. It's a question I like to sneak on our actors, our guests. When you started out, what's the ghost light you wish was left on for you? By, or more so rather, what's the ghost light you want to leave on for the next generation? That piece of advice or pieces. I love that question. And I love ghost lights. I, I wonder what the evolution of theater will look like. And I've had this, you know, conversation with a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, like what, you know, in a in hundred years, in 200 years, 500 years, like what is theater gonna look like? Do you think it's gonna change? Mm. And then we look back and we're like, well, it hasn't really changed. Like it's. The story, some of the stories have changed, but the premise of it has not. And there's something really, um, to me, that's very reassuring. Like it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm a part of a tradition that, a a part of human tradition that's as old as time, Mm -hmm. which is telling stories. So. You gotta tell your stories, and don't worry if they've been told before. If you tell them, it'll be new. It's through your voice. It's yours now. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to like just put something out there, because the first time you do it is probably not gonna be the the perfect thing, you know. No. Um. You know, go for go for stories that that move you, that you think need to be told. Absolutely. Um, yeah, leave that ghost light on. Fuck yeah. Leave it on. Leave it on. And let, you know, and, and, like if I'm like speaking to theater artists in the, in, in 200 years or, or just like the next generation if it's just children, Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, just don't be scared. Just put it up, put it on out there. Awesome. That's great. 
Wise words. No, it's fantastic. I love it. That's a great idea. Um, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Sam. No, definitely. Working, it's in, I, I've, I admire how hard you've been working because I know it was a lot going on getting Little Red and 39 Steps opened all around the exact same time, auditioning it, casting it, putting it up, rehearsing it, and then you then adding on, for me, just thinking of, in terms of being in the air incorporating a prop like a trapeze as a set piece that you have to be very comfortable with I'm, for me that doesn't sound easy so to take the time in the midst of all this thank you so much you're welcome Sam anytime I really appreciate it um, ladies and gentlemen once again the, the show right now is the 39 steps up at Miner's Alley you got one more weekend to catch this farce high energy Four four shows, yes. It's Get, a it's a interpretation of an old Hitchcock movie, mm-hmm. but played by only four actors. Uh, over one hundred and fifty characters. One hundred and fifty accents galore. Yes. Yes. There is mystery. There's romance. There's comedy. There's murder. There's murder. So get those tickets, fam. Yeah. Get one more chance to see Little Red Riding Hood. Two. Ooh. 11, oh. 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Saturday. Ooh. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Let's get the double header then. That's easy. You'll come in, get the breakfast, then come see the 1 p.m. Or if you're like, I want to get my breakfast from theater first, then you got time for the brunch after the yeah, show. Yeah, totally. You can come see Little Red, hang out in Golden. Make it, a, make it a weekend. Go to the brewery if you want. Yeah. Any number of breweries. Come back for the show. That's right. It'll be a great night. And then to be the first in line, May 10th, for Orlando. Yes! Studio 11, third floor, tramway. Fly high. Get in there. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's the Ghost Lights Podcast with your boy, Sam Gilstrap. That name's got a ring like a wedding vow. Please follow us on Podbean. Subscribe today on iTunes if you're on the iPhone. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, the book face. All right, we outie. We love you. Thanks, Elena. Thank you.